Is that the delicious sound of a new episode of Unmasked that I hear? You damn straight it is. Hello, and welcome back to Unmasked. At least, it better be a welcome back, because that means that you haven't missed any of our previous amazing guests. If this is, however, your first time, my name is Alex, and I am your host. If you haven't already, please do with us the huge favor of following us on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, X, Facebook, all that jazz, uh, at Unmasked with Alex, and share the show with a friend that you think might enjoy it. We really appreciate it. Today, boys and girls, we have Mr. Greg Miner. Greg is a former college athlete turned professional actor, and he has an astounding story. His story of growing up with an NBA playing father is sure to blow your socks off. So, without further ado, I bring to you Mr. Greg Miner. I've been I've been I've been unmasked. 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 Mr. Greg Miner, welcome to the show. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a minute since yeah. we've at all connected. I think the last time we saw or hung out or talked or anything was when DJ was trying to do his little uh, pilot thing for his show. Yep, yep. I remember that. I yeah. So what have you been up to? I, I, I see that you've been working a lot, so... Actually, before we get into what you've been up to and everything, for those who don't know who you are, I'm not going to give you an introduction. I'm going to let you kind of give yourself an introduction. So however you would like to be introduced, whatever accolades that you want to announce about yourself, whatever kinds of things that you want to say as an introduction, I want you to act like you're being presented in front of a bunch of people. What, What would you say and how would you introduce yourself? Um, so I am a former uh, collegiate basketball player. Um, I almost, um, I almost went professional and all that good stuff. And now I'm an actor. Um, I started um, acting post pandemic when when every when everything you know shut down. I started streaming video games and all that good stuff. And as I was streaming, I was like, you know, I'm building a community. Uh, they're asking for me to start to, you know, uh, make these TikToks. And I'm like, I don't want to make TikTok. I don't know. I don't. I don't dance. So like, what what, what am I <laughs> supposed to do? You know? Yeah. So um, I caved, of course, and I started making these TikToks. Hi guys, we're gonna take a quick pause from the interview so that I could just first of all say thank you so much for all the support and love that you give this podcast. This is a brand new avenue and brand new thing for me, so I am continuously learning and continuing to learn every single new episode that I record. And so with that, I appreciate your patience and sticking around as I go through this learning curve. As there is no external help, no coach, there's nothing that's teaching me other than myself on how to make this the best possible podcast possible. (laughs) So... I appreciate each and every one of you guys, all the support and love, and continuing to show that support and love. And the best way you can is to just tune in every week, hit the follow button, and share with your friends. It means the world to me, and I promise to continue 
to give you guys the best quality podcast I possibly can and to continue to make this the best show I can. So with that, we'll continue this journey. Thank you so much. And then TikTok turned into another thing. It's like, okay, he can actually do a little something here. He's somewhat funny. Um, and then, lo and behold, became an actor. Um, okay. Yeah. So former collegiate uh, basketball player, actor. So that's how you would kind of introduce yourself then. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So originally you wanted a career like in the NBA, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would just want to be a professional. I wanted to be a professional basketball player, playing at a high level. It was. It was. It was interesting. You know, like you're competing every single day, day in and day out. And yeah really showcasing what you can do and of course you know you have that exposing another player and all that good stuff so it, it was fun it was competitive it was fun and like I did enjoy it what do you mean by exposing another player yeah so um so like say for instance you come into the gym and and someone's you know supposed to be that guy or like a a, a decent or ranked player okay uh in the country and and you see them and it's like yo I want I want to compete against the best you know, you go against LeBron James, like, I may not win, but he's going to see what I can do. So right. you, you go in and you really want to put your best foot forward and kind of show those guys, like, what you could do. Right. And that's that exposing because if you win or if you, you know, do your thing and they don't show up, then, you know, you have all those viewers, all those people watching. It's like, yo, I just did my thing on LeBron or, yeah. or whoever it is, you know. So that that's that exposing factor where gotcha. it's like, okay, I, I got it. I got okay. It. Mm-hmm. So you're the second person that's been on here that was former basketball, now turned actor. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, everyone has their own career paths and stuff. But what was it about basketball for you that really clicked? Because I know you have you're, you have family in in basketball, right? Yeah, yeah. So my dad he played in the NBA uh, for the Celtics. He oh played, wow. Okay. Yep. He played uh, you know way back when. So he played against like Jordan, Kobe. Wow. Um, you can yeah see the pictures and all that stuff on the internet. You know he played against all those guys back in the day. Shaq. You know he was teammates with Paul Pierce. Um, a little bit after Larry Bird for sure, but he was like with you know Larry Bird would come to his practice and there's you know photos with you know him and Larry in in practice and all that good stuff. So yeah, just growing up with the basketball background, it just you know kind of just clicked. Yeah. Yeah. So if your dad wasn't in the NBA, do you think you would still have that ambition to want to play basketball? Or do you think it's because you're kind of following in your father's footsteps a little bit? Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, so, yeah, I would for sure still play because um, what my what my parents did, they kind of put me and all my siblings in every sport. Mm. So we, we played soccer, baseball, all that growing up. So that way we had the option to choose what we wanted to play, what, what we were was more fun for us so so yeah i would have for sure still hoop. and it was basketball that Bas- you like you really kind of stuck with and stuff yeah basketball okay. was the one so growing up the son of an nba player like i couldn't imagine what that would have been like obviously like your dad probably had the money you probably grew up in a lifestyle that was probably more extravagant than normal kids is that safe to say yeah, there it was. Uh, so I got a mix of 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 both worlds. Okay. So so my parents they they separated um, at a young age. So like while he was in the NBA, they they did separate. They both end up you know dating outside of each other because they were no longer together. 
So I lived a normal, like the middle, middle class sort of life, a middle class, and then also lived, you know, a rich life uh, mm. during the summer. So it was just one of those things where I was used because we lived on the same street as Shaq. Um, we lived we lived <laughs> on the same street. He lived right down the street. Um, he, we would always drive by in the summers because I would visit my dad in the summer, and we would drive by, and you would see his roof of his house on the other side of his gate. And that that house ended up on MB, MTV Cribs with the blue roof. That yeah. like, he lived on my dad's street. Oh, so man. it's it's one of those things where we we were used to hanging out with other kids that were in the NBA. So when we you know start school. It's like, oh, your your dad's not an NBA. Like we thought it was normal, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's just like one of those things. But yeah, we lived we lived both lives, like being rich and you know middle class. So, um, and really, it's you know, it was it was fun. But you know, you learn a lot. Yeah, you learn a lot from that. So with having that kind of separation of lives, was it hard to adjust back and forth of going from a life like you said you were going to school with other kids in the NBA, and so when you were going to school with kids without parents in the NBA and stuff. And it was like, oh, why your dad doesn't play for this team. Your dad doesn't know this. And yeah, like, was it a hard adjustment between the two? Um, so in the summers we would hang around like other, you know, kids whose, whose parents were, um, but yeah, during the regular school year, they, I don't know. We, as we got older, we kind of kept it a secret the Mm -hmm. best we could. Cause most people wouldn't, they wouldn't know that our dad played in the NBA. You just wouldn't know because he wasn't the the franchise player or or a big name person. Gotcha. So most people wouldn't know that unless you like Google it or or something like that. You wouldn't know. So or like you were a diehard Boston fan. E- exactly. Now you know if we lived in you know Boston, then yeah. it'd be a different story. But um, yeah, it w- it was a it was a easy adjustment from switching from like you know summertime hanging out skateboarding doing all this other other stuff that we wouldn't normally do yeah um to going back home to Kentucky and you're seeing oh like yeah your your parents are angry. oh okay you know it is it is it's normal like it was just like your like a normal life but as we got older um we I I didn't really tell uh, many people only people that would probably know is the basketball players yeah if they and that's only if they asked I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say anything at my high school or was there school anything. a specific reason why you would like? Were you afraid of getting judged in a certain way, or just never something that came up? Um, by the adults, the adults would judge, and like even though I'm a kid, I wouldn't. They don't think that I would understand. Yeah, that they're like looking at me a certain way, like, oh, you're not as good as your dad, or or whatever the case may be. Because I I I sucked in high school. I sucked. <laughs> no matter how much I want to believe that I was like good, I sucked. Yeah. But, um. But as far as like the players, I didn't want them to, or even students or people my age, I didn't want them to look at me as a dollar sign or oh mm. he has money because I don't. That's my dad's money. That's, yeah, that's his life. That's yeah. not mine. So I didn't want other people to look at me in a certain way, um, like oh I was a charity baby or or you know Disney baby, yeah, a Disney kid. So I didn't want people to look at me a certain way, to treat me normal. That's definitely I I get that because a lot of times even if like people don't understand how to separate that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, like especially when it comes to kids of actors or kids of regular athletes, mm-hmm. especially if it's not someone that lives with them full time. I mean, I still know that there's a lot of professional athletes out there that's like, uh, even Steve Harvey. He was like, "Yeah, my kids ain't getting anything of mine." Are you yep. kidding me? Like they have to work <laughs> just as hard. If I'm not gonna, they're not just gonna be like, "Oh yeah, here's a million dollars because you're my kid." Yep. And I've obviously I haven't really met kids of athletes or kids of any kind like that 
I wasn't surrounded at all by people like that. So it's hard for me to kind of like, there were definitely kids of very wealthy families, especially at the high school I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And for them, yes, it was very much like you'd see them with the gold watches and stuff and like second 16th birthday comes in, you know whose Mustang that is outside, you know whose Charger that is or different things like that. So you kind of make that association a little bit, but especially for someone that was in your situation to where it's like, oh, I only see my dad part time. And his money is his. Like, yeah. obviously, he's not gonna let you starve. He's not gonna be like, "Oh, yeah. this is my money. This has yeah. nothing to do with you." But he's probably not out here buying you a Rolls Royce for your birthday, exactly. you know? Exactly. So, with having all that, then, because so what? What was your? Because you were living with your mom most of the most of the time, right? Like, yeah. About like nine months out of the year, what was yeah. she doing? Um. So my mom, she she was she was a trooper. Uh, she she pretty much did everything for us um, a lot a lot of the time because she, of course she has more time with us yeah so you know she would take us to practice she you know she was also she worked for the school system so she would work in my in my middle school um, she would also do like all sorts of different things um, but she was a hard worker like she would work her two jobs if she needed to or or whatever the case may yeah. be um, but you know taking me from practice to to games to you know out here in Arizona they call it club ball but on the east coast it's AAU so for AAU games and all that stuff like there's games and then there's not just me there's two of my younger brothers that are also mm. doing this so you're just driving us from you know back and forth constantly weekly yeah she 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 held it down for sure when it came to sports like she made sure like if we wanted to do it we're going all in let's let's do it yeah yeah that's awesome so with seeing that from your mom then, what do you think are the biggest things that you learned from both your mom and your dad that were the biggest influences in how you are today? Um, my mom kind of kind of instilled like the, even though she never talked about it, just watching her and how she operated mm-hmm. was more of like the don't like give up attitude, like the no, no quit attitude. Um, she kind of instilled that on me like un- subconsciously yeah. because just watching her do it. And then my dad, uh, me and him, it's more of like, it's more of like, uh, let's see. It's more of like one of those things where because he was successful, mm-hmm. I'm learning to this day, like I'm learning right now, like how to carry myself in a successful way because he's taught me something that normally most people don't know um and it's when you move out say you move out of your hometown which i did i moved out of kentucky eight years ago yeah and now when you go back everyone's different Mm. and it's not necessarily that that they're different you're different so they look at you in a different light yeah they may see you differently because you've changed but you also view them differently because they're the same so their their mind and how they you know, are moving is completely different than how you are now. So they can't necessarily treat you the same. So it's why it's it's a it's a rough spot to be in, especially if you're alone. And yeah. I learned that a lot from my dad. Well, especially because I imagine. So did he have to move to Boston after he got drafted to the Celtics? Yeah. So he he lived in Boston. So he went to he met my mom in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where I'm from. That's where they they both went to college and University of Louisville. And then when he got drafted, he moved to Boston, and then. Uh, so he was he was living there for a while, and then when his when his career ended and all that stuff, 
you know, he li- we lived in Florida. So all those summers, I would I would lived in Orlando, mm. um, where I would visit him. But yeah, and you know, he's he never moved back home. Similar to to me, you know, he just he most recently moved back after I don't know how many years, um, to coach in you know in his hometown. Oh, he's back in Kentucky now. No, he's back in Georgia. That's where he's originally from. Sanders. Oh wow. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, he was recruited on a full ride to to uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And that's when he met my mom. But yeah, he's oh, from Georgia. Hey. Yeah. Have you been back to Georgia to like where he's from? Oh no! Oh no! Sorry, sorry, everybody. Uh, but no, I I have not. I have not been. Uh, I think the last time I was in Georgia, um, his part of town, had to at least been like two thousand like twelve, thirteen. Oh damn! And then before that, it was probably when I was a little kid. So okay, you know, I, don't, I don't really go to his hometown as often. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I. I don't think I've been to either of my parents' hometown. No, I've been to my my dad's hometown back in New York, but New York. Uh, yeah, my dad's from New York. Well, he's originally from Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but then all of my family's up in upstate New York, so I went to New York, and then my mom's side of the family is California, so okay. completely different sides of the coast and stuff. Yeah. So, I've been to kind of a little bit of both. Um, so in this transition, then when spending summers with your dad with your dad and during the week with or during the uh, year with your mom lots of kind of adjusting between Boston and Kentucky then because those are very different places as far yeah. as I'm aware of yeah was that a lot of adjusting as well uh not like, too much because like as a kid like I, I can't really remember too much in Boston there's a few like you know pictures of me at the games and like you know in the locker room and all that stuff okay uh, growing up but can't really remember too much but because the weather the weather is like almost the same i mean obviously we don't get as much snow as boston right but like we get all those all those different seasons that they get it's just the you know, buildings are a little bit older yeah um which i would love to visit boston like now but i'm just saying <laughs> oh yeah me too just to see like some of the, the culture and like you know their their architecture and all that good stuff so that'll be cool yeah but but yeah. For reference, the reason why I say that is because it is ungodly hot here in Phoenix right yeah, now. It's getting it up hot. to like almost 120 already, and it's mm-hmm. it's August or not? It's not no, it's it's not August. July, yet. almost August. Yeah, it's almost August. So it's still July, and we're hitting like record-breaking heat waves right now. So it is yeah. ungodly hot outside. Meanwhile, I got a long sleeve on. I know. You know I, you're over here with a sweater and everything. How are you not just dead with that? I'm, I'm that guy. I'm just saying. You are that guy. You're, no, you're that guy that will pop in anywhere, still with like the fluffy coat, and it's like 110 degrees and yep. stuff. I'm, I'm pulling like, up. I'm pulling up. <laughs> as is. Heck yeah. Um, okay, so I'm curious about your basketball career then. So you obviously played for a while, I'm guessing like in high school and everything, and mm-hmm. then at the collegiate level, where and why did your career stop? Okay. Uh, so I ended, my career technically ended in 2018. That's where that's where I kind of hung up the shoes. So I was, uh, played at Northwestern Oklahoma State. It was a Division two school in Alva, Oklahoma. Hmm. Uh, you know, go Rad Rangers ride. Um, that's my <laughs> alma mater. I love y'all. Um, but yeah, it's, it was uh, interesting. I signed with the agent. The agent really didn't do anything for me. Mm. And then after that, you know, I was under contract for two years with him. So from 2018 to COVID. 
And then I was like, you know what? I'm only getting older at this point. There's no need to keep chasing a dream that's probably not going to happen because if it hasn't happened now. And at that time, I was 25 years old. Like I graduated college at 25 because I, you know, obviously dropped out of college for two years. Mm. Um, you know, and worked at a physical therapy clinic. But then when I picked everything back up, it's like, you know, I'm 25 years old now. I was 24 when my last season happened, and I was like, you know what? This last semester of college, I'm going to go ahead and get my degree. So got my degree, and then COVID hits in 2020. Agent hasn't really pulled any strings for me to get me any looks. I mean, I shot 50% from three on the year. Mm. I put up whatever stats. He actually reached out to me and wanted to, you know, represent me. So I was like, okay, if he he's doing all the you know the heavy lifting just to get my attention, yeah, then I'm pretty sure he he'll you know look out for me moving forward. But you know it is what it is. But uh, but yeah, I just went ahead and just canceled it at 2000 2018. And it's not a thing to where you can kind of just be like, you know what, like you're not doing anything for me. I'm cutting this contract now, and then try to look for another agency. Like those two years, you have to be with them for two years. Yep, exactly. So what what will happen is if I were to sign with another agency, I would have to pay both. And as a right. rookie with a rookie contract, typically you're not getting paid that much, mm. especially overseas. So if you're you know you're a rookie, twenty five. I'm 25 at the time, rookie, and then if I have two agents, both of them are taking most of all of my money at this point. Yeah, I'm already not making anything. I, I'm better off at McDonald's or you know a fast food joint to make more money than what I would have been making overseas. Wow. So it's like it's a waste of time and uh time and money. So when you're talking to your agent, then are you trying to tell him like, hey, like why am I not getting anything like? I see this agent over here is getting my boy on the team this and like this person's getting this like how do we get things going like did you ever have conversations like that with him to see why he wasn't doing his job um I mean yeah but at the same time I never really uh I never really even to this day I never really compare myself to like others um and okay. on, and uh, their success and like what they're what they have going on just because everyone's like road is a little different right everyone's you know journey is different like with so with my agent for instance in that particular case there was a guy um his name is uh his last name's tapping i won't say his first name he knows who he is um but he went to a rival school um he went to henderson henderson state which is um in our same conference okay so me and him are we have the same like athletic build we're legit the same player like if you if you look on paper we're the same exact player and he signed with that same agent. He went overseas. He's getting, you know, pushed forward. He's, you know, mm. but it's for me, it's like, okay, if, if he's doing that for him and I'm the, I'm the same exact player and he's not doing that for me, then that just means it's something on his end that he's not doing. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm okay with that. Cause I've had, I've, I've had ample, you know, opportunities to move forward with it um, after this. Um, actually, before acting, I was, you know, proposed with an opportunity to play professional overseas. Really? Yeah, yeah. My dad, he brought it up, to, brought it up to, um, you know, try to get me to play overseas and things like that, and he could help. But it was just one of those things where, at the end of the day, I'm only getting older. I'm not getting any younger. Right. I'm not gonna be able to run up and down the court like like LeBron twenty years later. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things. I'll. I would much rather just start my life moving forward with something else that's going to fulfill 
fulfill me as well as you know fill my pockets and, and you know my life and get me taken care of for the long run versus something that's gonna be a quick buck and then oh now you're back to square one yeah i feel like the process of actually going pro in any sport let alone basketball is so much more than people really understand because i mean obviously from outside i'm not a huge sports guy i'll fully admit to that i never grew up watching sports the only sport that i ever really participated in and loved and watched and everything was baseball that was my sport baseball was my sport um, but even that, like, I played once in Little League, and then I've played, like, off and on in little other random leagues. Um, I was going to play in high school, but my high school was way too expensive to play any sports, so I just didn't. My, my family was poor as crap, so I didn't have that opportunity. So for me, the whole thing behind sports, making careers out of it, that's a whole, like, foreign type of ordeal for me. But... Like, from an outside perspective of someone who doesn't know, I mean, for me, it just sounds like you play sports, you go to college, you play there, you get noticed, and then you get drafted. But then there's a whole other, like, I played at NBA 2K for the first time, like, two years ago. <laughs> and it was, um, I can't, I think it was, like, 2K20 or 2K21. Okay. And um, just to give it a shot, I have a buddy of mine that plays it, like, nonstop. And so I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot and see. Like, I'm not a huge basketball player, but maybe I'll learn a thing or two, or maybe I'll finally find some sort of storyline game that I can follow and be part of this little fad or something or just learn what this fad is. Yeah. Um, so I played it. I didn't realize of how much business analytics and how much shit like that goes into a, a career. Like, obviously, when you're following that career in, in 2K, I don't know how realistic it is, but I imagine it's pretty realistic. It's it's, it's close. Yeah. yeah, it's close. Cause for instance, like I'm like last year I hit legend on 2K. Okay. So legend is pretty much the the highest tier. That means you you've of course established yourself as like an advanced player mm-hmm. a, amongst those um, everyone else yeah. online. So with 2K, that's actually what started. You know, me acting. Really? 2K started it all. Really? Yeah. Like, just streaming it or, like, wanting to be in it? So, it was streaming. So, I, okay. I, I, yep, I streamed 2K. Um, and, you know, I had a huge following, a, a big community. You know, I play, I get paid from Twitch and all that good really? stuff. Really? Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of my viewers in my community... They were like the whole TikTok thing, and I was like, "Man, I just can't do that." So <laughs> I, I can't. I don't dance. Like I don't dance. I'll, I'll yeah. do any, whatever else. I'll you know I'll try to make something happen. So now I'm start making these little skits instead on TikTok from from 2K. So it would be all these little scenarios of oh your your girlfriend's in the other room and like you turn on the Xbox at two three o'clock a.m. you know p.m. or whatever and she doesn't want you to play all these different like skits I would do and they're still on there too they're still on my TikTok and you know and then her going off on me and all that stuff or whatever <laughs> I would just like just copyright someone's voice you know yelling at me in the background because my girl's probably at work or whatever happens or whatever so yeah and that all that it you know I had a decent amount of views and all that stuff from that and then when I went to LA Cause my dad moves, you know, he lived in China for years. He lived in Dubai. He lived in Dang. Netherlands. He was always there cause he worked for the NBA, NBA yeah. cares and program and all that good stuff. So 
um, you know, coaching and doing his thing. So when he, I, he lived in Burbank, um, L.A., and um, Burbank, California, and when I went to visit him right before, you know, I think it was like 2020, towards the end of 2020 um, or beginning of 2021, I came back, went to visit him, and I showed him my TikToks and all that stuff around the time when he was trying to get me to play, you know, basketball again or seeing if I wanted to do it. And he was like, you should you should probably become an actor. Like, you ever, you ever thought about that? And I was like, no, I don't want to be an actor. <laughs> like, it never crossed my mind. Like, no, why would I want to do that? I don't know. I mean, I love movies like everybody else, but I was like, I don't know about all that. Yeah. And then, uh, so then we're driving around. He's taking me places, showing me around uh, his neck of the woods. And I was looking at all these billboards and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be an actor. Like, it was like within like two days of me being there for that weekend. I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. Like, what do I have to do? And then he, he introduced me to um, Andrew Powell. Um, and then he's Andrew Powell. He's on um, the show Gotham. Um, okay. He's actually he plays as Solomon Grundy. As well as uh, Butch, Butch Galzine, my man, Drew, my man. <laughs> and then um, also a few uh, producers that he that he knew in Burbank. And, you know, they I was told what to do. Came back. I started, started acting class, number one acting class. And then from there, just head down, just moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Because you've, you've had some pretty, pretty, pretty big accolades, especially in the short time. Like, you've only been doing it for going on three years now it sounds like then yeah yeah and um obviously it's not like you're not leonardo dicaprio level but yeah you've you've landed some pretty big stuff i mean i saw you in the jimmy john's commercial which um like some to some people it might not be the biggest thing but like even to an actor to, to land something like that and especially to have like speaking roles in something and be kind of like the, the main person in something like that i mean there's a lot of competition for something like that. Yeah, they um, so for like for like for instance, like the the Jersey Mike's, we oh not Jimmy John's Jersey yeah, Mike's. Yeah, Jersey <laughs> Mike's. No, you're good. You're good. So like for Jersey Mike's, it was one of those things where I, at that time I was also working for Progressive. Hmm. So when it was funny because for the audition, I had an audition like same day I was like working like you know my call center job I was working and I was like um I have an audition today so I put in my little PTO for like two hours like a two hour block because you know auditions you come yeah. in it's like 10 minutes maybe max and then you're gone like maybe not even 10 minutes like five five minutes you're sitting in the room waiting longer than you actually are oh, yeah. auditioning so I was like okay two hours that should give me enough time because I'm driving from Chant excuse me Chandler all the way to Scottsdale oh shit so I was like okay two hours would be fine I feel like two hours would be a good enough window that way I can get back to work so I drive all the way to Scottsdale do the audition PTO's good I drive all the way back home as soon as I get home I'm clocking back in back to work and uh they called me Jersey Mike's called me that that day and they said hey uh Greg, can you can you come back? And I was like, right, like right now. They're like they was like they was like yeah, like come back right now. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be I'll be there right now. And I put another hour, like my last PTO hour ever. Drove back back there, and like I had my call back the same day. 
Really? Yeah. Had my call back the same day. And then I drove back home. And then, you know, they told me I got it uh, like two, three days later. And then we were shooting. Yeah? Yeah. Are you still working that progressive job? Nope. Nope. After I shot the Jersey Mike's. That's when that's when I left. That's when I left Progressive. Yeah. Yep. And so are you full time now acting? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, full time. And have you had jobs since then that have been able to like keep up with pay or has it just been like that one commercial kind of just kept you afloat? Um, no, no, I've uh I've done a few commercials. I did a Cold Stone uh commercial not too long ago. Um, of course, uh, I have a TV I have a TV series uh coming out here soon. Uh, we're about to start shooting that middle of august going into september uh no final like finalized date when we start shooting but in between that time frame um yeah i've shot a few commercials i work um as a fit model as well for a, a big golf company here in the valley mm. um yeah being a company yeah i'm a fit model so they size uh, my body to their all their clothes dang so for those who are trying to kind of get into this industry more for someone who's like brand new, who has no idea where to start and stuff, who is who is basically where you are at, what advice would you give them to kind of jumpstart their career a little bit and point them in the right direction? Yeah, I would I would tell them for sure really decide like what you're what you're doing, what you wanna do. Because if you wanna if you wanna become an actor or a model or whatever the case is. You have to be willing to do it for free. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to do something for free, then then it's not for you. Because this this business, this entity of of art that we're that we're trying to perform or what we do, it's not for the faint-hearted. And if you're doing it for money, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. So I would say, really figure out what you want to do. Don't quit. And if it's acting take acting classes interesting how long until you were assigned to your first agency um i signed uh with my agent i think uh six months into acting six months into acting i signed with my agent i I just wanted to make sure that i was comfortable yeah um and and like with with what i can bring at that time i was like you know what i feel like i've i feel like i've learned quite a bit within the six months period I'm gonna put my best foot forward and we're just gonna do it. I made sure uh my photographer, his name was Tony Taft. Um, he was you know New York New York Times, you know, I paid, you know, handsomely. And that was it's well worth it because I've, I always feel like if you're gonna do something, do it the right way. Right. Never never really take a shortcut. So, you know, if if finances aren't there, save it. Save it. Make sure that the finances are there before you, you know. Before you spend, you know, a little bit here just because now you have it. But yeah. you could have gotten it way better if you would have just saved it, you know. So that way you can go the extra mile and make sure that it's perfect. So then I'm, I did that um, before I got my agent. I was like, okay, I'm going to get these professional headshots by a professional. Not not my friend, that, you know, that has a <laughs> camera. No, so let's let's make sure it's professional. Yeah. Um, And then from there took my acting classes i have my acting classes on my belt i have a little bit of not experience but i have a little bit of like uh hours i have some hours under my belt from going to class um after not knowing anything so mm-hmm. i have some hours i have a professional headshot and let's um you know 
let's see what we can do. And yeah, it's how it all worked. What was the process of getting signed like for you? Because I know a lot of agencies, they want to see previous experience and previous work. And when you signed your first agency, you didn't have like a demo reel and all that kind of stuff, right? Or did you? No, no, I didn't have I didn't have anything. Um, it was just one of those things where where my agent, she she put a lot of trust in me, uh, really. Um, I sent her because that's all it's also the type of like um, way I carry myself in a professional manner. Mm -hmm. So she she was like, I would like, you know, you have a good look, you know, based off my photos. Like I really sent her top of the line photos of myself. Gotcha. Um, and then also sent, um, you know, uh, uh, a resume, which wasn't, you know, that good. It wasn't like stacked with movies or I didn't haven't done any films or anything like that. And she wanted to see what I was capable of. And she, hmm. she so in, in my uh, first encounter with my agent, it was okay. Let's see um, an improv scene. I want you to improv, and then also want you to read, you know, for me for this commercial. Right. So, so then I'm doing that, and she's like, "Oh," and then you know the improv scene it was actually I made her laugh, you know, yeah. things like that. It's like, okay, you can make me laugh. I, I we're, we're watching <laughs> you, you know. So, so I did that, and it was it was all all was well there. And then she's like, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, of course it was like recorded. Yeah. So she's like, I'm gonna send it to the to the rest of the team, and you know, we'll see see what happens. So this is all like over a Zoom call or something, then. Yeah. So so the one the commercial that yeah. one was um that one was like yeah, actually self tape. Okay. And then the other one, yeah, was more was on the Zoom. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then so did you? find her or did she find you i found i found her and what was it about her that you decided this is who i want to try to go for as my representation yeah so so for her it was so i did my research i went went home around that time when i was searching for agents and i just went to google and and like i really looked through like each review because like from basketball yeah. my agent didn't do anything for me so i was right. like so you have like, that previous experience of not being represented right exactly exactly so I was like, I don't want, I don't want to fail like that again. Yeah. And if I'm going to do it, I need to do it the right way. It has to be, it has to be the right way. So I, I looked through like the reviews. Um, I also, um, looked through plenty other, you know, prospects and agents, you know, around the Valley. And I was like, this one, it says like they've been, they've been around the longest. They've been around the longest. So for them to have been around this long and it is 2021 or 2020. Yeah. They've 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 they're established. They're doing and then, something right. Then okay, and then I'm looking at some reviews like, oh, this and that. And I'm like, oh, well, it happens. Well, maybe they weren't that good. I don't I don't know. Yeah. And then so so just you know comparing apples to apples, I was like, this one might be the best. This one might be the best one, at least yeah. for me. I don't know about anybody else, but for me, this one might be the best one in 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 Arizona. Hmm. So so I was like, okay, I'm gonna reach out to them, and for some reason, if they don't respond. I reached out to two other agents agencies and tough luck for them. They didn't they didn't respond back, so they missing out. Yeah. But I'm 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 like really, really happy from with where I'm at. That's awesome. I'm mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that you finally because a lot of people, especially when it would come to that representation thing with the past track track record that you had with agencies going into another career to where you have to be represented usually like obviously yes there's some actors that can make it without being represented and all that kind of stuff yeah. but it does get to a certain point in your career 
you have to have a team behind you. You can't be doing everything by yourself, especially if you want to, if you do want to boost your career to that next level, you can't just be like, all right, I'm just going to do all this myself. There's a reason why the top of the top don't do this alone. They have to have managers. They have to have talent representation. They Mm -hmm. have to have this, 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 this. They don't just do it by themselves. And so going from one career that you have to have a represent, like someone representing you to another career to where you still have to have that, being able to put that trust, like, all right, I was screwed over before, but Mm -hmm. I'll try it again. I'll see. Maybe it's just that one person. Like it takes a lot of trust factor to be able to be like, you know what? We'll try this again. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so a big thing for me as well is humanizing and talking about the stuff that makes us human. So I'm sure you've had some low points in your life. I'm sure life hasn't always been all sunshine and rainbows for you and stuff yeah. and all this other kind of stuff. What are some things about you that you wish people knew more about? Um I wish people knew that I was that I'm I'm really cutthroat, you know? I'm a I'm a hard worker and and like I'm a, not antisocial, <laughs> but but like I have like a like a like a sense of like a mamba mentality right mm. like i really do and yeah. it's mainly because of basketball like basketball like instilled that into me because like if i see somebody walk in the gym and they look like they're good oh it's on like i'm like i'm like i'm like <laughs> you get the we, alpha complex when we leave when we leave the gym like they're gonna know they're not gonna walk in the way they walk you know they're not gonna walk out you want to put them in. in their place a little yeah bit. yeah so it's like one of those things like i i, I keep to myself um, you know, I I like to you know of course help people mm-hmm. with whatever they need help with. Like I I do, but at the same time I I stick to myself. You know I'm I'm off the grid most of the time. You know I I just you know stick to myself, do what I need to do, and and yeah. What about stuff that people don't already know, like stuff that you know that you probably keep under wraps a little bit, but you kind of wish was known more about you than what they probably do know. Hmm. That's a good one. Um, I'd say that for sure. Like when it comes, cause I get down. I get down when it comes to being away, hmm. uh, away from home. Uh, being away from home for so long, it takes a toll. Cause like like I was mentioning earlier, um, it's like one of those things when you know you come home and everyone's not the same. Yeah. It's it's really lonely. It's really lonely. So like that's why I, like I'm you know my girlfriend she's she's like my rock because because it wasn't for her like I would be home I would there was no yeah like I I stay here but it's like one of those things where it's like when you're when you move out and you and you expand your horizons for yourself and it's like you 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 feel like a personal growth yeah like if you were to you know live in in a different country or a different state from wherever you're located for so long you go back it's like you see the same people and they're in the same spot it's like it's like a it's like a time zone you know they're, they're stuck in a time zone like a time loop yeah and they're they're doing the same thing you did that they were doing when you left and it's like i've learned so much i've learned so much and you try to tell it to them 
and they'll hear you for a second and then and then they go back to their time loop mm. they're stuck so that that's a lonely place to be in and that's why me and my dad connect a lot because he understands that he understands yeah interesting okay what about kind of the opposite? What are some things that people talk about or know about you that you wish was a little bit more under wraps? Hmm. That was an actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why's so, that? Um, because like there's there's a few there's a few things which is cool. I like I like being an actor. I like sometimes like it's cool when when it's recognized. Um, and obviously I'm not I'm not big where it's like oh i can't go anywhere i can i can go anywhere people won't know me at all right um but it's more of like the the inner inner circle folks that 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 it kind of concerns um because it's like oh if my mom you know my mom or a family member posts you know my acting it's like oh now i have a whole bunch of mystery cousins or or (laughs) it's like no i don't know i don't know yeah you know just because you see me in one commercial or whatever yeah doesn't make us you know now we're best friends it's like it's yeah yeah (laughs) do you worry that that would get amplified later on because i know that's definitely it that does tend to be a big issue for a lot of people especially when they do get big in a career like this they get yeah. random people coming up like hey I don't know if your mom told you but we're related like mm-hmm. can you help me out or getting asked about this like because yeah. it's it's obviously it's that that now but it only gets bigger yeah it's only gonna be, it's the only bigger gonna that you get yeah is that something that you think would stop your career at all or do you think that you would just keep yeah yeah I'll keep going for sure it's just one of those things I'm I'm really like I'm really cutthroat like yeah. I don't it's messed up with sound. I don't really care. Yeah. You know, it's like if you, if you're, yeah, you know, I'm not going to hand you out anything. Like, I work for this. Yeah. You know, if you want something, you have to work for what you want. Right. So, you know, there's no handouts for sure because no one's handing me out anything. Yeah. Like, what, 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 like, I just put in the hard work of, you know, you did your 40 hours a week, but that TV show I'm about to shoot is going to be. I can't imagine how many hours I'm about to put in a week. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like we had a week like for like the teaser. I think that was a total of, you know, within two days, uh, two days of shooting. I probably did. Uh, four, no, 15, 16, 16 hours in two, in two days. So in, in the second day was was the, the really the long one. The other day, you know, the first day. That one was mainly just sitting around half the time. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. Like, there's no, there's no handouts, and I don't really don't mind. It gets a little annoying. Um. But I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind it at all. Going back to the lowest point that you can remember, with all the experience, all the lessons, everything that you've learned up to date, if you could visit that you back then. What would you tell yourself to pull yourself out? Mm. I would tell myself what uh what Denzel what Denzel Washington said. He said that picture yourself on your deathbed, right? So picture yourself on your deathbed. There's three versions of yourself that have not happened. There's three alternate realities of yourself that are surrounding that are surrounding you. One, he's an NBA player. The other one 
it's you and and you know your future kid and the other one he may be you know uh, a banker he may be uh he may be a real estate agent he may be something something where it's like he's financially stable he's okay he is good in life so if you picture yourself on your deathbed and those are your three only alternatives for the rest of your life that never happen how would you feel hmm. that, that that's like that's the kind of I look at life today it's like if I don't if I don't do this my future self is going to regret it mm-hmm. and I don't, don't want to live with a regret that oh I could have been something great you know so I just want to keep my head down do the work and be ready when they call you know and do you think that would be able to kind of pull you out of that rut when you were at your lowest mm-hmm. because that that right there would it would it's like a wake-up call because like oh if you don't do this guess who won't be here hmm. me so is the the real estate agent stuff is that like the the path that you didn't want to take and that's like it's this... the path that didn't make it because you're okay. on your deathbed so like if like if you're you know like put put it this way if you close your eyes and you're in literally like you're in your coffin and when you open your eyes you see three versions of yourself mm-hmm. one one's an NBA star the other one's a real estate agent and the other one is you know you with you know your future kid now it's none of those happened they didn't even they didn't even make it they never were manifested they didn't happen because you failed mm-hmm. how are you gonna feel they're all looking at you like dang because that's three separate complete like three completely mm-hmm. separate lives so those are three things you could have done Oh, so it's not chasing any one of those and just choosing exactly. to just say screw it to all of those. Yeah, like say for instance, if you doing like for instance, you're working a job right now that you don't even you don't love. Yeah, you're just wasting all of your you wasting all your energy, you wasting all your time, you wasting your family's time. Now because you didn't choose the life that you wanted, now you never met that. Now, now you never met your 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 love of your life. Hmm. Like if I would have never moved from Kentucky, I would have never met the love of my life and I probably would have never I probably would never have a kid because I didn't meet the girl that I needed to meet Mm. because I stayed in Kentucky vice versa I started real estate school um, in 2016 it was an accelerated course but I didn't finish it I never finished taking the test so that's already one life X'd out that's one that's one multiverse that's already gone it's already crossed out because I never finished basketball is already canceled because I never I never completed it so now what is what is my alternative because if I die now those 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 alternatives are gonna be looking down at me like you messed up hmm. you didn't you didn't complete the journey but maybe those journeys just weren't meant for you maybe maybe that one that you are chasing is the one that's meant for you it's being able to look up and be like, okay, well, I did try mm-hmm. to at least pursue those ones. It didn't work out. So I don't even have to feel guilty exactly. about not even stepping foot in, into either of those paths because yeah. I did. They were dead ends for me. I went to this one and then obviously it continues to branch out and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. It's just it's a few ways to look at it. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it makes you think, not to necessarily like regret yeah. or anything like that, but it makes you think like, hey, at the end of the day, what, what the message is, 
it's to not really not give up. Right. It's not to give up. Because if you give up, then now those those when those alternate realities, like when you think about it, like dang, now they're looking down on you. Because like, what did you do? Yeah. What did you What did you accomplish in this life that you that, why you were here? And Michael B. Jordan said it too. Like, um, like when I die, I want to leave a legacy of like, oh, I can still teach you know future generations in my family or my kids, 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 you know, generations on i can still teach them messages in the movies and the films and the tv series tv series that i do i can still teach right and be be in their life you know even though i'm indirectly in their life i can be there even you know with the years to come and they can watch me grow you know starting off with me being a you know uh an extra in a usaa commercial and then you know finally get my little sag eligible little card and then you know um you know sign my taft harley hartley and then go to you know be an extra in the chase commercial and then boom now i'm in jersey mike's the main guy you know they can see that growth of like okay like if he can do it like i can do it too you know yeah what's the best piece of advice that you received as a kid that you still apply today to your life best advice i would say Hmm. Or even not even as a kid, but just overall, the one thing that you consistently have to remind yourself and that you repeat to yourself every single time that you need to. That I can do it. That that's because like I re, like it's always been a thing where, as like the oldest as the oldest boy, because I have like two little brothers, mm-hmm. and I have two older sisters. You know, I have a, I have a younger sister as well. But um, as the oldest boy, it's a lot of pressure because, like, you know, with my dad to only visit him in the summers and things like that, I was like, you know, I have to be the man. I have to grow up a little bit sooner. And I didn't want I didn't want anybody to know that I quit or or did something that's like, oh, like, that's that's wrong. You shouldn't do that because I have a, I have little brothers that look up to me, even if, even if they don't admit it, they mm-hmm. do. Or if it's not like in the, in the open light where it's like, oh. I know they look up to me like I know they do, even if they try to act like they don't. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that I'm a, I'm a representation of like, if you want something, go get it. Cause at the end of the day, they would have never known. No one would ever know. I didn't even know that I wanted to be an actor, but now I can do it and I know I can do it. So at the end of the day, I don't refuse to go home unless it's to visit. I refuse to move back home for like failure. Yeah. Cause failure is not an option. I, re- I refuse to fail. Do you think you're a good representation of that to your family? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because at the end of the day, that's the only family I got, and they're going to support me you know, no matter what happens. So, so yeah, I can't wait. Max Mixtape's gone. It's going to be real great. What are you most proud of about yourself? Most proud of? Um, I'd say I'm, I'm really, like, resilient, you know? Um, like I've had, I've had hardships like everyone, you know, everyone has their hardships. I've had plenty of them where it's like, oh, I'm on the borderline of being homeless. I'm, I'm on the borderline of having to sleep in my car. There's some nights I can't eat. You know, there's some, sometimes it's like, oh, I don't have enough, you know, to to put enough food on the table or whatever the case may be. Everyone has those times. Everyone has those moments. But like, at the end of the day, I know like God's gonna make a way, like for me. 
Mm-hmm. And literally every time I ask, it happens. Like you just have to ask. So just being resilient and and just worrying, just focusing on what you have to do, because there's certain things you just can't control. Right. But you can control what you can control. You just have to focus and stay on the course, and you'll be fine. Going back to when you were saying that you've had low points, I know it's kind of difficult to kind of talk about them, but Mm -hmm. I feel like it's something that needs to be expressed a lot more because especially in today's world, depression's at an an all-time high. People are hitting extremely low points, and because it's not talked about enough and because people don't want to be quote-unquote vulnerable and stuff, it's not talked mm-hmm. about. It's and they feel alone. They feel like, oh, I'm the only one that's ever been this low, or they feel that pain of being so low. What what have been some of the lowest points, and what was your process of kind of digging yourself back out? Because obviously, you're not in that low point anymore. You were able yeah. to go down to that low point, figure out how to climb out of that hole, and then bring yourself back up here. So can you? Kind of go visit a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Especially with today's society, we have like so many, uh, like men are you know leading in when it comes to suicide. Uh, men, you know, we have more suicides than women. And and in this society, we're we're taught to you know be the macho, be uh you know the guy that cleans the gutters, not you know you just throw anything at him he'll be okay he'll be fine right and it and that's not that's not right um but yeah i've, I've had i've had for sure low, low points like i mentioned previously where it's like dang like i don't have enough money money to eat i don't i don't have much where it's like dang if if then obviously before i met my girlfriend it's like oh like what am i going to do with my life because hmm. it's like okay if you're if you and that was prior to um, that that happened uh, where I was really depressed when it came to um, it was before acting of course my girlfriend was involved at that time but it was like one of those things where basketball ended I played basketball my entire life I played in my entire life and it's it's over and it's like well what 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 do I what do I do now for the next 40 years of my life, the next 30, 40 years of my life, what am I supposed to do? I don't want to work in the office. I don't want to be a call center. I don't want to work at a call center. I don't want to be a policeman. I don't want to go to the military. I don't want to do any of those things. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm interested in. So that was a really dark place that I was in. Not that I was like, you know, um, by myself, like my girlfriend, she really, she really came and like stood by me like she she helped me trying to figure out what I want to do mm. and then that's and then of course video games my girlfriend uh, my family everyone kind of like you know talked to me constantly like oh how are you doing today what's what's going on you know my girlfriend was always there she made sure you know she you know we would always grill I, well, I would grill she would you know man the kitchen and do her thing and we would it just kind of it, it it helped a lot that helped a lot. Just being being able to talk to someone who understands, not to, not to just listens, but understands where you're coming from. Because she understood me when we first started dating. That was my goal. Hmm. I wanted to go overseas. I wanted to be a professional basketball player. So 
it was one of those things where she she's been there before it even happened she's been there when i was still in college as a sophomore in college she was there and now she's here x amount of years later and she helped me through that too so it's it's a big thing where where you know male suicides and all that good stuff uh well not good stuff but all that stuff happens yeah. and people need to be more aware of that when they're talking to someone because you never know what someone's going through you never know um you never know you know i wasn't on that on the brink of suicide but i was really really depressed and there was um a moment you know i'm pretty sure everyone everyone knows that every athlete dies twice i mean not everyone knows that but every athlete dies twice that is a saying and it is very true and it and i didn't really believe it until it happened to me every athlete dies twice and that is just a statement of they play and when it's over they die because they have nothing else to do they, they don't know what they want to do with the rest of their life mm. and then they die again obviously like everyone else interesting i feel like it's also the same with other careers as well like not just sports, but like mm-hmm. with acting. The second yeah. that you decide that you want to retire from acting, that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, people can bring you out of retirement, and there's definitely people that act until they're on their deathbed. But yeah. for other people, sometimes it's like they do one show. They take a lot of the cast from Friends. They do that one show, and then they pretty much, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. They, they're not in any other shows. They're not in any other movies. They're not in anything else anymore. That's it. And yeah. so it's almost like they die in a, in a way. They're not mm-hmm. talked about. They're not mentioned. I, yeah, they might do some interviews and stuff here and there, but they're not in the tabloids anymore. No one's. No one gives a shit about who they are anymore. Yeah, Cause it's it's one of those things. Cause like shows like that, um, it's like a it's like a it's like a choice, right? They're making that they're making that decision. But with when it comes to like a a sport. You don't have a you don't have a decision. You don't have any say, because like you even you know they can they could still do something. They could yeah. they could start a podcast. They could you know um, you know create something you know special a TV series or whatever they like. Even um, the best man um, best man I think it's best man holiday. They just started um, the movie the best man. They have now they have a spinoff TV series. Mm. Uh, from that movie and that movie was shot a long time ago but now it's like now they have a, a spin-off TV series with those same cast yeah like they can still do it it's just a choice they're making because now you know they had of course hit syndication and they're getting paid you know per episode for the rest of their life so they don't really have to do anything now they can just enjoy the rest of their days doing whatever they want but when it comes to that sport, if you're not, you know, LeBron James or some big time like millionaire and you've been playing for so many years, that's why you hear like a lot of athletes. If you go to like a gym, if you go to like LA Fitness or wherever, they'll they always talk about, especially the older guys, they'll always talk about how they were in high school. I was <laughs> always this in high school. It's because they're they're still stuck in that fantasy mm. of how they used to be. Because now they're doing something they don't even love. They don't enjoy. That's why they always bring up high school. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see that to where it's yeah. someone, like you talk to a janitor, you talk mm-hmm. to 
someone like yeah back in my day i was the king of the world doing this doing that and like they have to reminisce back on the memory of where they were at the top of their lives yeah that was the best moments of their life and you you're like hey i'm right there with you what's been some of the best moments of your life that you can so far use as like your biggest things so one of the best moments would probably be when we it was in 2012 to 2013 basketball season. Um, we, this is one of them. That school um, it was my freshman year of college, and we won. We won our conference tournament, and we went to the final four of the national tournament. And we, you know, of course, the school didn't have enough money to give us two rings, um, but we did get one. They put combined the conference ring and the final four championship ring together. That was the biggest moment. Like that was like watching the confetti fall down and it's like on you and you're like you know you see this stuff on tv mm-hmm. and that was the same year that the university of louisville won the national tournament I and mean, they tried to take it away from us um because of the scandal and all that but that was that happening at the same time as you know while i just won a championship that was crazy mm-hmm. and then the then the second biggest moment uh, i'd say is starting literally starting acting because going through that transition of basketball ending I tried everything like I was applying to be a police officer um, a truck driver I started I started boxing I started a whole bunch of different things to figure out what is going to fill this void from basketball and then um, I'm taking um, Carla's class at Howie's Acting Studio I started taking Carla's class uh, for acting and then I was like, "Whoa, this, this it like literally filled the void." Mm-hmm. Like when I go on, when I go up and you know perform in a scene study, or even on 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 or on sets, like I really feel like the feeling that I get is like dunking on somebody. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it really is. Yeah, it's, it's I remember doing one of the scenes with you. I, do you remember that scene that we did together? Yeah. Where I like had to yeah throw you against a wall and stuff. Yeah, and you and, did like, not hold back. Yeah, to like just throw you around. <laughs> Dude, they were like everyone in the class is like, oh my god, is he okay? And like I was fine, but the one spot, of course, that we chose to do that, there was a nail sticking out of the wall. And in you, the corner, it was like against the wall, like when you were when you were like um, right next to the door, like the prop little room yeah, door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you shoved me against the thing, and it was right where the only nail in the entire wall was and like my, my back went right into the nail yeah because i was like dang I, my my head went back and i was like oh wait why did that hurt so much and i look back and there's a little piece of metal sticking out of the wall I was like oh shit and like the back of my head hit right on it had like a little like a little piece of it yeah i was like oh dang. shit ow i was like okay okay all right dang yeah i thought i had told you about no uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and oh, then, because no. uh, I was telling Carla about that, and she's like, "Yeah, um, back when she was teaching, um, I think Patrick Swayze, yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were doing a scene, and someone threw him against the wall, and there was a nail sticking out, and it went into his shoulder. Yeah, because he said that she was like, "Yeah, he threw him, but then Patrick like act like over exaggerated it. Yeah, and then he like really like yeah, yeah. yeah. So." Basically, what happened to him kind of happened to me, and I was like, "Damn, of course, I'm the one person that Dang, also happens to." That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> um, the last thing I kind of want to get into: what are some of the biggest things that kind of 
motivate you to keep going even when everything is telling you not to when your body's telling you not to when you get up and you have that just like I really don't want to do this today and stuff like what kind of stuff do you tell yourself or what things kind of help drive that factor of just do it even when you don't want to yeah I um I do when I don't want to do something and like it's like oh I just gotta do it um I do it for my future kids because mm. obviously you know my my girlfriend she's not pregnant or anything um but like I do it for them because they one at one point and as well as myself but mainly for them because like you know your future self is gonna thank you for what you did today right as well as your kids so it's like oh I mean this money that you know I'm working hard for this this path that I'm that I'm going on and I'm working hard for one day I'm gonna have kids. And this is going to help take care of them. Because I'll, I'll be fine if I don't eat today. But I can't have my kids starving. So, so it's, the, it's the thought of your future family that yeah. drives you today. Yep, exactly. That's awesome. I, I like that a lot. It definitely brings a lot of like selflessness and kind of just shows a certain perspective and stuff. Because I know that there's definitely certain... There's definitely a lot of days that I have that I'm like, I really don't want to fucking do this today. Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen. But then for me, it's almost a proving factor. Me telling myself, if I can do this, then I can do it. Like, yep. I can do anything. Like, I've done it before. I can do it again. Kind of like proving to myself that I have the ability, showing myself I have the ability to do something. And then it's also the reward factor of like, how am I going to feel after I do this versus not doing it? So getting out of bed. Cool. If I don't want to get up, I'm like, well, what's going to happen? If I stay in bed for the next four hours watching TikToks and stuff and just doing this, how am I going to feel after that? I'm going to feel like shit. I'm going to feel like my eyes are going to be tired. I'm going to feel lazy. I'm going to feel unproductive yeah. versus if I just say fuck it and get out of bed, start doing shit. Eventually, the energy will start coming naturally. Eventually, I'll start building some momentum and then I'll feel so much better. Yeah, and it's, it, it's I've been really trying to learn that instant gratification versus delayed gratification feeling of like okay this might not feel the best right now but what's going to be like kind of like you thinking about your future self your future self is going to be thanking this past version because mm-hmm. at this point being lazy I'm not thinking my future me I'm saying go fuck yourself to my to my Pretty previous much. me yep. I'm saying why the hell did you stay in bed it's literally 2pm we haven't done shit what the fuck is wrong with you Yep. that's all I'm saying versus those other days where I get up I do shit I'm like yo it's 2pm I've already done like 4 days worth of work today like I'm gonna fucking relax for a little bit I yep. deserve this shit yep. and so it's it's interesting to see what kind of drives certain people what drives other people yes I do want a family and stuff but and I do want the life that I built today to kind of help mm-hmm. that family I have later on but I also just think, like, I want to be able to give my wife a good life, myself a good life. I mm-hmm. want to be able to look back and be like, I I hate the feeling that looking back and I'm like, I had so much fucking time. What was I doing with it? Yeah. Or I had so much energy. I had this, like, I don't want to be that old guy that's possibly disabled or something and be like, I wasted so much time and energy at this point. 
Yeah. That's that's kind of like almost a fear, I guess you would you would say for mine. It's weird. No, that, no, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, man. You just gotta just gotta do it at the end of the day. Yeah. Just do it. It's definitely a big discipline factor that you have to learn, and it sounds to me like you learned a lot of that, especially like from your mom and, mm-hmm. and from your and parents sports. and stuff and yeah. through sports and um. So like it sounds like you you kind of learned that little bit of discipline, um, which is phenomenal. Um, it. Yes, sir. But is there anything specific that you want to like shout out, or anything specific you want to make sure that gets noted? Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I say uh, shout out to Ruth and Layton Agency. Appreciate you. Um, also, uh, PXG, y'all, my folks. Much love, mom, family. Uh, thank y'all. Love y'all. And my girlfriend, of course. You get your special shout out. I'll see you at home in about thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! Well, Mr. Greg Miner, thank you so much for being on. It, it's been an awesome conversation. Um, I know. We don't know each other entirely, like, in, like incredibly well, but it's been really awesome getting to know you a little bit more. Hopefully, we get to work on some projects together. Yes, Hopefully, um, I'm excited to see what the future kind of holds and stuff, and I'm excited to see these projects and stuff that you're involved in. So, Me with know. all that, I'm going to let you do your little signature that I told you about earlier. All right. Uh, this is Greg Miner, and I've been unmasked. Awesome. Thank you so much.